Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is good to be with you again. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is going to be a little different than what we're what you're accustomed to here. And that is because I, I want to ask you uh, to, to do something for me. Um, and it's not really for me or for us, but I'm asking you to do something peculiar. First, this, this is going to be a more brief episode um, because I don't want to, I, I want it to be shorter because I'm, I want you to share it. There is something that is heavy on my heart that I think would be a blessing to a lot of people. And so I want us together to start a, I don't want to call it a campaign, but I'm just going to call it an effort to get people to read the Bible. And, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, it's not a, a new year's resolution thing and a read through it in a year or any of those things. I, I just want, us to spread the word and i'm calling it rtb 15 read the bible rtb 15 and the idea is let's all spend at least or just or whatever 15 minutes let's read the bible for 15 minutes every day i am convinced through our study of the attributes of god that one of our problems, one of my challenges, one of your challenges, one of the challenges of our friends is that we don't read the Bible, we don't know the God of Scripture. And I wanna challenge us to read two books of the Bible, just experimentally, just, I, I don't know how to put it really, but just, just to do it and try to, absorb. I, I, I want us to pray that God would open our eyes, give us ears to hear, and try to absorb the truths in the Gospel of John and the Book of Romans, Paul's epistle to the church at Rome. Those two books of the Bible, for starters, 15 minutes a day, just 15. You can fit that in somewhere. And pray and ask God to reveal truth And I'm convinced through this study of the attributes of God that if we read about the true living God of Scripture in Scripture itself rather than someone else's opinion, and I would encourage you to use the English Standard Version of the Bible, you can go to a website called BibleGateway.com or BlueLetterBible.org and get a free copy if you don't have one. Uh, NIV is fine, New American Standard Version is fine, but English Standard, ESV, is the one I prefer. But King James is fine, New King James is also fine. But I'm convinced that if we could, and I'm just asking you to do this, promote this RTB 15 
on social media. Send it directly via text, preferably email, it would be fine too, to a bunch of your friends. Take a few minutes and and link this episode to an email or text and encourage your friends. I'm encouraging everyone who hears this to read the Bible for just 15 minutes a day. And and let's do that for 30 days. Let's do it for th- I'm not I'm not going to say and and let's see what happens. I'm, I I don't want to be cute with this. That this is the word of God. It reveals who God is. His word is alive. It is powerful. It changes lives. And I'm convinced that learning who God is directly from scripture is more powerful than anything else that we can do. And I would suggest that, you know, I have members of this audience who are strong Christians, who are theologians, who understand truth. I want you to do it too. And I have others who are probably skeptics who I don't even know about. I have probably some friends from banking days, from friends over the years. I I know I do because a couple have contacted me. And I, I don't care who you are, how familiar or unfamiliar, please take me up on this challenge. I would love to have this go viral on social media. You can find me. I'd love to be tagged if you post this on your social media, and I would encourage you to do that. You can find me on Twitter, or I guess it's called X now, at JRW Orlando, JRW Orlando. Um, and you can find me on Facebook under my name, John Warren, or you can go, I have another Facebook page called John Warren Media. John Warren Media, you can follow me there as well. I'm also on LinkedIn under John Warren. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at all these places. But I, I hope you will. My email address is john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Feel free to copy me if you, if you spread the word of RTB15. Read the Bible for 15 minutes. I, I want this to sweep our country and even the world. I Anything that we do... That, that just requires 15 minutes of time is, is doable for the busiest person. You can, you can do this while sitting and waiting on some, some other activity. You can do this during 15 minutes of downtime. And I want to encourage you to, to share this episode with your friends. And, and I'm going to try today to explain the, the reason for this, this idea we have been discussing the attributes of God, and, and we're, we're done with that study as of last week. And I'm going to be talking again uh, in, in our next episode about the economy. And I have some very simple observations, very, very direct, very grassroots level observations about some things and some some fears and concerns that I want to get across. But there is nothing more important than this study of the attributes of God. As we get to know God, as we learn who the true God of Scripture is, and and I'm afraid, and I'm I'm it saddens me to have to say this, sometimes that God, the true God of Scripture, the true living Lord of Scripture, 
is is not the one we talk about in in the books that are we consider Christian books or in some of the rhetoric or on some of the slogans on social media or even dare I say in some of our churches. And and so I want to encourage this audience to encourage all of your friends to encourage all of their friends and their friends and their friends to get to know the God of scripture directly. 15 minutes. Don't don't say you're going to do it and then not do it. Don't try to go spend an hour the first day and get tired of it and not do 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day for a long time, but for, for this 30-day, just, just for this 30-day test period, I just want to see how far we can spread the word. How many people can we get to actually read their Bibles, our Bibles? I'm going to do it with you. Um, I, I already do this, and it's a hard habit to keep to develop, but it is life-changing. It has changed my life. Who would I be if I didn't share this with you and try to encourage you to do this? And I know, again, many of you do this already, but let's spread the word, RTB15. Read the Bible for 15 minutes a day. This study of the attributes of God started months ago with a thing called divine simplicity. And I'm going to keep this episode to just about 20 to 22 minutes. So so I'm, I'm going to be brief here, but I want to just walk through this real quickly. We talked about the fact that God is of one essence. God, we, we say, oh, God is omnipresent, omniscient. Uh, he's, he's loving. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's all these things. He's full of wrath. He's, he's powerful. He's supreme. He has knowledge, ultimate knowledge, and he's faithful and all those things. And, and that's right. But we talk about him as if he acquired all of these attributes and he did not. And we talked about that the week that we talked about divine simplicity. He's of one essence. He is simple in, from, a, from, a, from a substance standpoint, meaning he just has one substance, one simple substance. He's not this combination of attributes. He has one essence, one nature. And that is hard for us to describe. The English language and frankly, all languages come up short uh, when we try to describe God's essence. But it's important to know that. He didn't, he, he, he's not missing some attribute that would make him stronger. He, he's not learning new things. He isn't deficient in any respect whatsoever. He's not changing over time. And we're, we, we talked about that. Uh, that was our second attribute that we looked at. But, but regarding divine simplicity or God's essence being just, he's just of one essence, we learned words like exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis meaning to read out of literature students, English students, you know these words. Eisegesis to read into. We, when we study scripture and, and when we do this, uh, RTB 15, I, I want us to read what Scripture says. We can do this. We don't need 15 commentaries, although commentaries are fine. We, we just need Scripture, and we need to sit down and read it, and, and, and to read it with a sense of presence and purpose, and practice exegesis. Eisegesis is where we, we sort of read our ideas, the things that we've heard uh, in, into Scripture, and sometimes with familiar passages, that's easy to do. But we also talked during that week, um, during that episode, we talked about indicatives and imperatives. Indicatives are just facts, just just observations, just 
just just things, just statements, where imperatives are commands. And it's important to know the difference. When you read, when you, you participate in this RTB 15, be careful to know the difference between indicatives, just statements of fact, and commandments for us. And that, that'll create a whole interesting way of looking at the text that I think you'll enjoy. And if, if you dive in and you have questions about it that I could help uh, answer or could refer you to somebody else, uh, ask your pastor or, or send along an email to john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Well, our second topic was immutability, God being unchanging. And that sounds really simple, right? Well, of course, God never changes. And, 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 but then you start to talk about this, this misnomer, this eternal timeline, eternity past, and, and it goes on you know, forever and ever and ever and ever, and then eternity future. And we can kind of talk about today and even our, our lifetime and even maybe our study of history or what we have planned for tomorrow or months from now or years from now, whatever, we, when we think about the rest of our lives, uh, we, we can we can usually go back to about five or six years old and remember things and then come all the way up through today, uh, not with a perfect memory, but with some sense of how our life has been. And then we can look forward and, and think, you know, God willing, I'll live a certain period of time and, and do the following things, or I have these plans or these aspirations. Well, just imagine God has never changed throughout that entire timeline the eternal timeline. And and that's a difficult concept for us, but we talked about it. We talked about God's aseity. That is, he depends on nothing and no one. No, There's no cause other than himself. And he is completely the same, unchanging at all points on that timeline. Really difficult for us to grasp because we, we are acquiring new knowledge. Things are changing. We can develop new skills. Well, that's, that's not who God is. God is already perfect. He's perfect in his attributes. His attributes harmonize with each other perfectly. They're perfectly balanced in one essence. And part of this is, is his immutability, his being unchanging. He, he does not change. He does not gain additional information. He doesn't have the aha moment. He, he, he doesn't say, wow, I should have thought of that. Or, or, and and he, he doesn't change with the times. The, the God that we serve, that we pray to, that we read about in Scripture is the same God who, who, who created the earth and the Garden of Eden, who revealed his law to Moses, who, who saved Abraham from having to sacrifice his son, who had Noah build an ark and on and on it goes. The God of scripture, the God of eternity is our God. And that, that is just so encouraging. He is completely unchanging. Sometimes that can sound like, oh, it's just old and stale and boring. No, no, it's incredible to think that the God who led Israel uh, out of captivity uh, out of wandering and and into the promised land is our God. The God of Scripture is our God. And we can even look back at our lives and remember what God has done, remembering what God has done in our lives and in the lives of others, sharing, mutually building each other up with stories about what God 
has done is just so encouraging. And then the third topic we discussed is the love of God. Oh, we talked about agape, this loving without reciprocity, loving because we choose to love. We love because he first loved us. His love is strong and abiding, we talked about. It is steadfast. It is just beautiful. He loved us when we were his enemies, when we hated him. That is love. God's love is incredible. We love because he first loved us. He commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, but he modeled this in the person of Jesus Christ who loves us perfectly. The fourth attribute we talked about is the wrath of God. God's, God's wrath is real. A Paul Washer sometimes tries to shock his audiences and he says, he says something profound and I'm gonna butcher it because I don't have it in front of me. But, but he says, I'm not sure you want me to come to your church, pastor, and preach on the wrath of God because I don't get invited back to most places when I do that but I must preach on the wrath of God. The appeasement, the satisfaction of the wrath of God is a critical part of the gospel. This wrath is something that people choose for themselves. Sinners choose God's wrath for themselves. We'll we'll talk in a minute about God's justice and you'll see how that works. But the wrath of God is real. God wouldn't be righteous. He wouldn't be morally right if he didn't punish sin. There's a thing we talked about, a a big fancy word called anthropomorphism, which is ascribing human attributes to God. God's wrath is an expression of his love to sinners. When we talk about God's attributes, we, we sometimes ascribe human attributes to God. We think of God as being like us, and he's not. His wrath is something that escapes us. It seems rather unpleasant, unbecoming. Uh, when it's not. It is due to his righteousness. The fifth topic we discussed, really two included, his grace and mercy, the grace and mercy of God. God's God, Grace is God operating in love toward people. You've heard that his grace is, is his favor to us and his mercy is withholding punishment. And those, those two things work in concert beautifully. God's grace and mercy. Were it not for God's grace, we would be without hope. Were it not for his mercy, we would be eternally damned. You, you'll hear people say that, that I want people to get what they deserve. And, 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 and that, that's, I just sort of shake my head when I hear that because we don't want what we deserve. If we really understand our sin, we really understand God's wrath, and, and again, we're going to talk about his justice in a moment, but we, we don't want what we deserve. We love the fact, we celebrate the fact, we rest in the fact that God is full of grace and full of mercy. The sixth topic that we discussed is the power of God. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. But what that means is not that he's just a little more powerful than other other people or entities. No, he has all of the power. All other power possessed by anyone or anything is delegated by him. In creation, when he made man, he gave us some power. We make choices. 
but that power is delegated by him. Even Satan's power was delegated to him by God. God is all-powerful. He's not just a little more powerful than the next entity. He is ultimately powerful. There is, he's not fretting over whether he wins in the end because he is all-powerful. And, and he has all power. We can trust in and rest in him. The seventh topic we discussed is God's supremacy. Our thoughts of God are too small. They're too human. He is supreme. I, I talked about during that episode, the uh, U.S. Constitution has a supremacy clause. It is the supreme law of the land. It trumps all the other laws. You, you can't go have a homeowners association that, that comes up with some rules that violate the Constitution, at least you shouldn't be able to, or, or city ordinance or state law. They're all subject to the Constitution. Well, similarly, God's power is supreme. God is supreme. Our thoughts of God are too human. He is supreme. There is no other. There, he has no rival. He is in control and is completely sovereign and supreme. The next time we talked in the eighth episode on the attributes of God, we talked about the knowledge of God, his omniscience. God's knowledge is perfect and complete. He's all-knowing. That should make us tremble. There are no secrets from him. He knows everything. He knows everything completely. He knows everything at all points on the timeline, on the eternal timeline, from eternity past to eternity future. That's just difficult to, to even begin to, to fathom. But he knows everything perfectly. He knows every thought we've ever had, every action, and every thought and action of everyone throughout all eternity. He knows how everything works. He doesn't have to wonder. He doesn't have to read the instructions. He doesn't have to wonder, is this going to change? Is, 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 has, has new knowledge? I mean, can you imagine knowing the cure for cancer and, and, and knowing how people thought before they even understood what cancer was? Can you imagine the, the, the primitive lifestyle uh, that, that people lived in, in, in biblical times and, and, and knowing that, well, you're going to have jets flying people around and you're going to have all kinds of modern conveniences. You're going to do that in much easier ways. Yeah, God has all knowledge, has always had all knowledge. He is all-knowing. The ninth topic we discussed was God's faithfulness. He is trustworthy. He's faithful to truth. He is abounding in steadfastness. A lot of uh, the Psalms, several of the Psalms reference his steadfast love. He is faithful in all of his attributes. In fact, all of his attributes, each of his attributes are in all of the other attributes. And we've just scratched the surface during our our, our study of these 14 attributes of God. But they're all in each other. God, We can start to see it here with God's faithfulness. God is trustworthy. He is faithful to truth. Then the 10th one is the patience of God. God's forbearance, his, his long-suffering, his patience, all, all of that is designed to bring us to repentance. 
the scripture says in, in Psalms, he is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Slow to anger. Yes, God's wrath is a thing that we talked about earlier. We talked about, that was our fourth attribute. But he is slow to anger. He could have judged the earth much more harshly and, and much more profoundly after the fall. But as his image bearers, we, we maintain some of his image even after the fall. He is slow to anger. He is patient. We can think of all kinds of examples in Scripture where we probably would have just nuked. We probably would have just dealt with immediately with punishment those who were disobedient. And, and we can only imagine being God. And yet God is patient. He is long-suffering. He, he forbears. And that is just a beautiful attribute. The 11th attribute we talked about was the justice of God. We talked about a thing called retributive justice. God punishes sin. We get what we deserve. His wrath and his justice go together. Whenever a person says, oh, I'm a justice person, I want to say, no, you're a grace person. You're not a justice person. We all have that sense that we we, we can appreciate justice. We we want crime to be punished and good to be rewarded. And God punishes sin and rewards good. It's called retributive justice. But God's justice pushes us to the cross of Jesus Christ and his grace and mercy. God's justice pushes us to the cross, doesn't it? We're without hope without Jesus Christ. And then there's the Holiness and majesty of God, our 12th attribute, the holiness and majesty of God. He's set apart and morally pure. His, his holiness and our sin just aren't compatible. The righteousness of God is included in this idea of his holiness. There's that, the word in scripture uh, for holy is, is, is usually to be set apart or to, to cut in, in two pieces and separate them from each other, literally. God's holiness and his majesty. He, he, he is beautiful. He is, he is higher than we can imagine. He's set apart. He's apart from us and, and also righteous. He is morally right, morally pure. And then we talked about the goodness of God. He is infinitely good. We can see this goodness in all of his other attributes. It's easy to see. We say again and again that all of the attributes are in each other, but his goodness is just beautiful and easy to see that, that he is good in his faithfulness, his love, his grace, his supremacy, his, even in his wrath and his immutability and his divine simplicity and his justice is good and his patience is good and so on. All of his attributes are included in this attribute in ways that are just clearer to us than with some of the other attributes. God is good. And then lastly, last week, we talked about the wisdom of God. God is wise. He is wisdom. He employs the highest end and the best means toward glorifying himself. Wisdom is one of those communicable attributes, we said. It's, it, several of the attributes are communicable, meaning, meaning they, they, are, they are communicated to or given to us in lesser degrees than God has them, but, 
But for example, we're, we're not going to become omnipresent. We are in one place at a time. With telephones and technology, we can, we can sort of observe things in multiple places at once, but we're not, we're, we're, we're not omnipresent like God is. But we can develop wisdom. We do develop wisdom in our sanctification. All wisdom is in Jesus Christ. The Godhead is unified in all of these attributes, and they are perfectly harmonious. We could talk for hours about each of these attributes, particularly God's knowledge and wisdom and power and, and, and just the, the beauty of creation and the sophistication of the, the human body. And uh, we talked in a couple of these episodes about that, about the planets and how they're arranged, the earth spinning at just the right rate, the, just the right distance from the sun. And it's, it's, its rotation and its orbit are perfect. It's the height of the mountains and the depth of the valleys and the, and the oceans and so on. And the, 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 the whole way the tide works and all the rest are just perfect and beautiful and just uh, astounding. God's attributes are work in perfect harmony. Can you imagine a God missing some of the attributes even that we've studied that we know about? He wouldn't be fully God. There was an Anselm quote that we talked about um, uh, early on in the first or second episode on these attributes that said something like, if you can imagine a God that is higher than the God that you imagine when you think of God, you're not thinking of the true living God of this universe. Isn't that something? We can't imagine a God higher than our God. These attributes are important. And and they 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 humble us as we get to know God and the the way we know him are are through scripture and prayer primarily. And and I that's why I want to come back to encouraging you to participate in RTB, read the Bible 15. RTB 15, read the Bible for 15 minutes a day and ask your friends to do it with you. Tell them you're going to do it and ask them to participate in RTB 15. I hope you'll take me up on that. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for you to tag me or copy me and letting, letting me know that you have shared this episode with your friends. You can simply go to johnwarrenmedia.com and click on the episode and then copy copy the uh, the episode address and share it all over social media or through text or through email and ask your friends then to share it with their networks and let's get lots of people reading God's word every day for 15 minutes. If you're new to this, I would start in the Gospel of John and the Book of Romans. Those two books are wonderful places to begin to explore the beauty and depth of scripture. I welcome your comments and your questions. You can email me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com. So don't forget, please share this particular episode with others. We've just scratched the surface of the attributes of God, but your own personal study will go so much further. And I would I would just encourage you to participate in, in this uh, read the Bible in 15 minutes a day. And I, I like to do it without particular volume goals. Just go at your comfortable reading and comprehending pace because it's important to grasp these concepts. It's important to be aware of, of what we're, we're reading. Again, I'd welcome your feedback. Don't hesitate to send along 
and email or use our contact form at johnwarrenmedia.com. And I uh, look forward to hearing of your success in spreading the word about RTB 15. We'll talk more about this in future episodes. Next week, we're going to talk about the economy, which doesn't seem to go very well, doesn't seem to follow this discussion today, does it? But knowing that, knowing God's attributes and that he is, is omnipresent and is all-knowing and all-powerful, that, that, that gives us uh, our great hope, our great assurance in Jesus Christ. The gospel, if we see the gospel clearly, we can see the entire world through, the, through a gospel-centric lens that uh, is just life-changing. So I hope you'll come back next week um, and uh, look forward to uh, being with you again then. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.